Welcome to Leading with Hope, sponsored by Keller Williams. Your host is J.D. Bellamy, and we believe life with God is better. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms by simply typing in Leading with Hope. And we're back. Hey, guys, welcome to Leading with Hope. I'm so excited. My name is J.D. Bellamy. Really, for today's talk, I couldn't be more excited because I love this topic that we're talking about today. We want to do something different today. Uh, Just take a few moments, relax, sit back and worship with me. I want to listen to one of my favorite songs. It's by House Fires. It's called I'll Give Thanks. And uh, I want you to take time, listen to this song and worship with me before we get into today's talk. In the morning you sing is clear to see it's constant every day
love that. So why do I worry when God knows what I need? And that's really what we want to talk about today is worrying. We want to continue in the series of what did he say? But I want to focus on worry. Matthew 6, verse 25, it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in their barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more important or more valuable than they are? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Love this last verse. If that is how God clothes the grass of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? You know, I, I think worry is one of those things where you can always worry. I, I think we always have an opportunity to worry. There's always going to be a knock at your door to worry. And, and if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves going to sleep and waking up with the same thing on our minds day after day after day. But I love this here because Jesus reminds us in this passage, hey, before you pick up something, realize that what you're picking up is too heavy for you. You see, worry is a weight that's too heavy for us to carry. Worry is a weight that's too heavy for us to walk around with every single day. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves finding something always, always, always to worry. Jesus is talking to a group of people here and he's saying, hey, I, I want to tell you a little secret here. And here's the secret. Stop worrying about your life. Now, I know that's really easy to say, hard to do, because you and I, as people, as human beings, we always want to be in control. We want to control something. We want to control the course of our day. We want to control the meetings that we're sitting in. We want to control the grades maybe that we make. We want to control our diet. We want to control our physique. We always want to be in control. And really the key to not worrying is realizing we don't have control, but God does. Doing what you can, when you can, being a good steward over the life that God is giving you. But at some point you have to realize that God has ultimate control. I think it's the trick of the enemy to place uh, these thoughts in our minds that we have to do a certain thing this way and we have to do a certain thing that way. There is more to life than control. If you spend your life trying to control so much, I, I, can, I can assure you that you won't enjoy your life, you'll endure your life. I love this scripture because it reminds me of it reminds me of being in school and I'll never forget I was in school and one of my favorite classes uh, was writing or English, if you will. And uh, it was one of my favorite courses, but at the same time, I hated this course when we got to the part where we actually have to write because our teacher made us develop something called a works cited page. Now, I don't know about you, but I still struggle with works cited pages. I, I still struggle because it's you have to be in a certain format. It has to be a certain way, certain layout. And essentially what a works cited page is, is giving credibility to the one um, that you're gaining your information from. You're looking at the sources 
um, that you're getting your information from. And one, you're seeing, is this source credible? credible? And then two, you're seeing, hey, I'm getting my information from the source and I need to give credit to where I'm getting this information from. And I struggled with this for years and years. I believe I finally got it, but I struggled with it for years and years. And I say that to say, because I, I think many of us, we need to look at the source in which we're getting our information from. I, I think many people, maybe that you're listening to this, or maybe um, you, you might've been listening to someone else. I don't know, but we need to go back and look at where we're getting our information from. The Bible says this, that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And here's what I realized is that the enemy can't destroy who he does not first deceive. That the first thing that he wants to do to you is to deceive you, and then you'll destroy yourself. If, if, if you listen to that voice in your head, listen, the Bible says that all good and perfect gifts come from above. I want to remind you that God has amazing plans for your life. That if it's not amazing, the Bible says that acceptable, good, acceptable, and perfect, that he has good plans for your life, he has acceptable plans for your life, and he has perfect plans for your life. And it may not feel good. It may not look good. It may not look acceptable. But at the end of the day, that if it's not good, God is not done. You have to remember that, that if it's not good, God is not done. And if you're not careful, you will allow the enemy to deceive you. And once he deceives you, what he does, he lures you in to worry and to focus on things that will never even happen. But your attention and your focus are on things that will never even happen. And therefore, you're not being productive in the day that God has given you. Let me remind you, I want to remind you so much in this little 20 minute segment that we have together, that there's more plans to your life than worrying. There's more for your life than stressing out. And I love that song. Really, one of the reasons that we uh, had a, that I want to play it for us today is because the, the writer says, why, why should I worry? God knows what I need. And he, he's a father, the father of father. He knows what I need. And what good father would know what his child needs and not provide it? What father would see a need and not provide it and not feel that need? I think there's some reasons why we worry. I listed one as wanting to be in control because I think we all want control. But I want to give us just some handles on how to deal with worry. I want to give us some handles on how to deal with, you know, anxiety and some of the things that come up, especially in a time like we're dealing right now. I know that you can turn on the news and you'll always find something to worry. You don't have to go out and look for worry. Worry will look for you. And I want to give us some handles. On, on, on what do we do when, when we're facing anxiety and worry and fear? Here's the first step that I think we all need to do. One is this. We need to simply admit it. Admit what we're worrying about, right? <laughs> Just put it out there. Maybe if you journal, um, I, I, I tend to love to journal. Uh, maybe if you journal, if you write, I want to encourage you just to write it down. What are you worrying about? Because sometimes I think once we say it or once we write it down and we see what we're worrying about, I think sometimes we can laugh at ourselves. We can say, you know what? I'm worrying about something that's, guys, this is never going to happen. I'm worrying about something that this is not even factual. I think one that we need to write it down, put it out there, admit what we're worrying about. Yeah, it's okay. Let's let let you, you don't have to be in denial about it. We all have certain things that we're like, ugh, I'm a little shaky on this. 
Yeah, put it out there. Put it out there in prayer. When you begin to pray, put it out there. Just let it be known. God, this is this is a worry of mine. And then two, it's just what I said. We have to ask for action, a.k.a. pray. I'll never forget, forget the scripture I read. It. It's over in uh, Matthew 26 and 39. Jesus is facing one of the hardest times of his life. And he literally prays. And the prayer that he prays is like, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. What does he do? He asks for action. He's asking his father to do something about this. Guys, if you want to ask anyone, I think we should ask God first. If there's anyone that could help us in this thing called life, I think it's God. So I think we have to ask for action. And then here's the third step that I want to give you. And I want to give you the scripture as well. As we kind of wrap up today, it's give thanks. We're coming up on one of my favorite holidays, Thanksgiving, because your boy loves to eat. I'll never forget one year uh, before my father passed away, my mom would gather us around the table and she would literally go around the table and she'd say, hey, what's one thing that you're thankful for? What's one thing that that you can name that you're thankful for? Now, let me just pull you into my world for a moment. I'm one of seven. And we grew up in an extremely impoverished area. Um, my family was very poor. You could see holes in the trailer. We lived in a two-bedroom trailer, seven of us, and we didn't have much. But every year around Thanksgiving, my mom would make it her duty to go around and ask, what's one thing that you're thankful for? I don't know what happened in that room. I don't know what occurred in that room. I can't even tell you what transpired in that room. But here's what I can say is that it seemed as if the more we begin to say what we were thankful for, that two-bedroom trailer began to transform into a six, 12, I don't know, 13-bedroom mansion because it had nothing to do with where we were physically, but everything to do with the environment that we created for ourselves. And, And that's what giving thanks does. If you were listening to the song that we were listening to today, that's exactly what giving thanks does. It makes room for more. You see, when you're thankful, it curates room. It shows God that, hey, I don't care about where I am. I don't care about what it looks like. You're still worthy of me to say, God, I thank you because situations could be worse. And the reality is there's someone right now praying to be in the situation that you're saying, man, I hate that I'm in this situation right now. There's someone that would dare to trade places with you. I love that. I love the song that we're listening to because we're embarking into the season of Thanksgiving and we'll get to it in November. I want to encourage you that when you give thanks to God for what you do have, it shifts your mind of what you don't have and it allows God to say, hey, that person right there is thankful. Here's more. Here's more for your life. Here's more peace. Here's more joy. Here's more. No, that's what giving thanks. That's what giving thanks does. It shifts your mind off of worrying. Verse uh, 30, Matthew 6, verse 30. I love this. This is what it says. If If that is how God has clothed the grass of the field, which is here today and then thrown into the fire tomorrow, will he not do much more for you? Mm. O ye of little faith. Guys, at, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to faith. 
it says the Bible says that it's impossible to please God without faith. And I I, I want to keep saying this until I'm blue in the face. I, I want to encourage you to get your faith up. Faith, faith, miracles ride on the back, on the backs of faith. He said, oh, ye of little faith. I, you you got to have more faith in God. I, I We talked about it last week, but I want to encourage you again. Your limitations are not God's limitations. He's not limited or bound to our own capabilities. We have to believe that he can do more. He wants to do more. He will do more. He is going to do more. That God is always, always, always doing, doing more. One of the things that I begin to wonder, I said, well, if worry, what's the opposite of worry? And the only thing I could come up with was peace. We may not understand it, but God wants us to receive it. He wants us to receive the peace of God. Notice I didn't say we should receive the peace from God. We should receive the peace of God. And those are two fundamentally different things, guys. I I want you to receive the peace, not just from God, but of God. You don't have to understand it because the peace honestly doesn't doesn't only surpass others' understanding, but sometimes his peace surpasses my own understanding. I don't understand how he can give us peace in the midst of it. I don't understand his calculations about even when things don't add up. He says that he'll still give us unspeakable joy. I don't understand all the logistics of that, but here's what I do know is that it's ready for the taking. And that the peace that he wants to give you is going to blow, absolutely blow your mind. I, I want us to pray on these two things. And um, I, I'm going to pray over us today. But I want us to remember that worry is not from God. And he wants to help us in that worry. He wants to help you through that worry. The same God that closed the field, the same God that sets the sun in place, and it has never missed a day rising. It's the same God that can give you peace that surpasses understanding every single day. Here's what I want us to pray. I want us to pray that God will calm our heart when we begin to worry, and God will clear our minds when anxiety begins to come in. That he'll give us a calm heart and a clear mind. Worry will always be at your door knocking. You'll always have a reason. But the same God that closed the field, that puts the sun into place, that puts the moon on night shift and the sun on day shift, that same God, he wants to give you peace. I want to give you a chance to to really say this prayer with me. And maybe you don't know God. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, man, I don't really... I want to get to know this guy you're talking about, J.D. Well, I want to give you a chance and an opportunity for that today. You can DM us on any of our social media handles, and and we'll love to get in contact with you. But I believe that God wants to give you peace in the midst of an election year, in the midst of an economy that's that's kind of shaky. God wants to give you peace. And just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I need you. I want you. I commit my life to you. 
I confess that you are God and I give you my heart. God, I pray for everyone that's listening to this podcast that you will continue to let us know that we're not going to worry. We're, we're not going to be tossed here and there, but we're going to stick to your word, knowing that you are in control. That's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I don't have enough,